the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. I want you to note the order here. Abraham gave his tithe after he had been blessed by God. In other words, Abraham did not give to get God's blessing. Sometimes you hear that kind of stuff. You give to get God's blessing. Abraham here, he gave because he had already been blessed by God. He's giving in response to the blessing that he has received from God. Do you tithe to try to earn God's blessing or favor? In today's message from Pastor Dan, he encourages you through the model of Abraham within the Bible. Abraham would tithe to the Lord after he had been blessed. He knew he was already blessed by God and offered his tithe because of it. Pastor Dan explains that sometimes people will only tithe because they want to get something from God. Realize that God has already blessed you and offer Him a gratitude of praise for what He's already done. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Genesis chapter 14 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. He may even send a fellow believer, like he did with Abraham. He sends Melchizedek to Abraham. He may send a fellow believer just the right time to to fortify you and strengthen you and remind you of what God has done for you and how God has worked in your life. You know, in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, there's a wonderful promise. It says, the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. Isn't that true? The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. We, we often think nobody's got it as bad as I do, right? It's no different from anybody else. That's why we can relate to each other. And that's why we can minister to each other. And that's why you should never be ashamed to share with a brother or sister in Christ what temptations you may be facing or what struggles you may have. Again, the enemy would have us think, Oh, I'm the only one like this. And if they knew what I'm really like or what I'm really struggling with, they'd chase me out of the building. No, we all face the same temptations. We all struggle with the same things. And then it says, and God is faithful. He will, listen to this promise, He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. I couldn't help myself. Yeah, you could. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. That's a great promise. When you are tempted, God will show you a way out so that you can endure the temptation. God is faithful 
to provide a way of escape every single time. And sometimes the way of escape is another Christian just showing up. Another Christian stepping in at just the right time. And here for Abraham at just the right time, Melchizedek walks up. Now Melchizedek has never been mentioned before in the Bible. He just sort of comes out of nowhere. And again, we, you know, God will provide the way of escape, and sometimes it just kind of comes out of nowhere. There it is. There's the way. And Melchizedek is one of the more interesting and obscure people in the Bible. We're going we're gonna to talk some more in depth about Melchizedek next Sunday, but uh, he's only mentioned in a handful of passages in the Bible. The name Melchizedek, it means the king of righteousness. The king of righteousness. Uh, Verse 18 says he's the king of Salem, which later becomes Jerusalem. Uh, The name Salem means peace. So not only is he the king of righteousness, he's the king of of peace. And he comes out of the town of Salem to the valley of Shaveh. And he, he comes with bread and wine to refresh Abraham. Abraham's on this long journey. He's weary. And so Melchizedek brings bread and wine to him. Psalm 104 verse 15 says, Wine makes glad the heart of man and bread strengthens a man's heart. And so Melchizedek refreshed and strengthened Abraham with bread and wine. Bread and wine, of course, reminds us of the Last Supper. And the new covenant that Jesus Christ instituted with the bread representing his broken body that was broken for us on the cross and the wine representing his shed blood that was shed for the forgiveness of our sins. It says that Melchizedek was also a priest. He's the priest of God most high. And I think for, for, for Abraham, you think about Abraham, as far as he knows up to now, he's the only believer in the whole land of Canaan. He's the only guy that believes in Yahweh. He's dwelling in a, in a nation, a land of, of pagans who worship all different kinds of gods. And then well, here, here comes a priest of God Most High, a fellow believer. I mean, how encouraging must that have been for Abraham? You know what that's like, where you bump into another Christian, a fellow believer. And we're told again that Melchizedek was both a king and a priest. And that's, that's an important detail. Kings rule over the people while priests stand before God on behalf of the people. Melchizedek was both. He was both a king and a priest. And that's, that's a very unusual combination to see one man that is both a king and a priest. You don't really see that very often in the Bible. In fact, later on when God gives his law to Israel, he separates those offices into two distinct groups. And, and, and the kings came from the tribe of Judah. The priests came from the tribe of Levi. And as the old saying goes, to be a priest, you had to have Levi genes. Right? Get it? Right? Hashtag pastor jokes, Right? Well, there's volumes of books for pastors with things like that in it. And I don't own any of them. For your sake. 
So un, under, the, under the law, there was no, no single person in Israel could be both a king and a priest. They're, they're to be separate offices. Uh, in Second Chronicles 26, King Uzziah, he broke the rule. He was the king, but he goes into the temple to offer incense on the altar of incense. He, he takes the role of a, a, a priest, and God struck him with leprosy. I mean, that's, that's how serious this was uh, for God to keep the king and the priest's job separate. It was a big deal to God. But Melchizedek, he lives before the law of Moses was given, uh, and he holds both offices. He's both a king and a priest. And if you're a note taker, we find only three exceptions in the Bible to this rule. Only three people are permitted in the Bible to hold both offices of king and priest. Melchizedek is one. Jesus Christ is another. Jesus is described as the king of kings in Revelation. Uh, He's also described as our great high priest who intercedes on our behalf. He's seated at the right hand of the Father interceding uh, for us. So Jesus is also both king and priest. And the third group that serve as both kings and priests, or king and priest, do you know who that third group is? It's us. It's you and me. In Revelation chapter 1, verse 6, Revelation chapter 5, verse 10, Jesus, it says, made us kings and priests to our God. And we shall reign upon the earth with Jesus Christ and his kingdom. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, we are described as a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. We, as believers in Jesus Christ, have the special privilege of being kings and priests in the kingdom of God. We're in a pretty exclusive group, only with Melchizedek and Jesus Christ himself. So he's a king and priest. Notice in verse 18, Melchizedek is priest of God Most High. That's kind of an unusual name uh, for God in the Bible. God Most High. The name for God here is, is El Elyon. El Elyon. And it literally means God the Highest. God the Highest. There's all kinds of gods in the land of Canaan. But this is God the Highest. God the Highest. You know, some people today say they believe and a higher power. Our God is not a higher power. Our God is the highest power. He is El Elyon. He is God the highest. And Melchizedek here, I believe, he used this name for God, this unusual name for God, to emphasize God's control. God's control. You think about what has happened in chapter 14 with these four armies from Mesopotamia under Chedorlaomer just rolling through the region and conquering every kingdom they came to and how uh, uncertain things seemed for them and how uh, scary things seemed to them and how out of control things may have seemed to them during this time. And, and, and here now, Melchizedek, he wants Abraham to know that our God's in control. Our God is the highest. He's above it all. He's over it all. He wants Abraham to know that the kings he did battle with were never in charge of the situation, even though it may have seemed like it at times. 
And things weren't really out of control, even though it may have looked like it at, at times. God was in control. God was in control. El Elyon was in control. With God most high, an army of 318 servants can defeat the armies of four kingdoms. Because he's God most high. He's God the highest. And I think that's a good reminder for us today. Because the world seems pretty out of control right now. Things seem pretty uncertain. Things seem pretty unsure. But God most high is in control. El Elyon is sovereign over everything that is happening in this world. And His will will prevail in the world. Pastor Dan will share the second half of today's message in just a moment. But first, he'd like to take a moment to tell you how you can receive prayer for your needs. Do you need prayer today? Every week we receive prayer requests from our listeners. If you need prayer for anything at all, we would like to pray for you right now. You can share your prayer requests with us through our website, calvaryec.com. Again, that's calvaryec.com or through our church app or by calling us at 410-491-4592. And can I ask you to pray for us as well? Pray for the Ring of Truth radio ministry as we bring the Word of God to those who need it. Thanks, Pastor Dan, and thank you for praying. Now, let's finish today's message. We've read the end of the book, right? El Elyon wins in the end, and his kingdom is established on the earth in the end. His kingdom comes and his will is done on the earth as it is in heaven at the end of the book. So that's where we're heading. He is God most high. He's above everything that is happening in the world right now. So verse 19, now Melchizedek, this priest and king, bless Abraham. Uh, Hebrews 7, 7 tells us that the lesser is blessed by the greater. So he declares this blessing. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram of God most high, possessor of heaven and earth. And then now he declares a blessing uh, on God here. And blessed be God most high, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. He, he reminds Abraham here, God is the one who gave you this victory. God is the one who gave you this victory. Knowing the temptation that is about to come. Knowing the temptation to compromise that Abraham is about to face. He reminds him, God has given you this victory. You know, there's a wonderful verse in 1 Corinthians 4 that says, what do you have that you did not receive from the Lord? Right? It's just a good thing to be reminded of. That everything we have, everything you have, everything I have, it came from God. He, he's the one who's given us the victory. He's the one who's given us everything that we have. It's, it's, not, it's not because of me or anything I've done or my own doing or my own ability or my own wisdom. It's all, it's all God by his grace. He has delivered your enemies into your hands. Now look at the end of verse 20. And Abram gave him a tithe of all. Now this is the first mention of tithing in in the Bible. And I want you to note here that tithing predates the law of Moses. Tithing did not originate with the law 
of Moses, it predates the law. A tithe is 10%. That's what the word means, a tenth. So Abraham gave 10% of, of everything. And the order here is important. I want you to note the order here. Abraham gave his tithe after he had been blessed by God. In other words, Abraham did not give to get God's blessing. Sometimes you hear that kind of stuff. You give to get God's blessing. Abraham here, he gave because he had already been blessed by God. He's giving in response to the blessing that he has received from God. Now, giving and, and tithing is still, uh, still valid uh, for, for New Testament Christians. If you're a Christian, you should be a giver. If you're a Christian, you should be a giver. You should give in response to God's blessing and God's favor and God's goodness in your life. As, as, a, as a, a, a way of expressing your, your, your gratefulness and your admiration, as a way of acknowledging God's goodness, you should give. And you should give at least a tithe. Now, why do I say at least a tithe? Well, uh, 1 Corinthians 16.2 says you should give. Now, this is New Testament. You should give to the extent that God has blessed you. You should give to the extent that God has blessed you. The NIV says, or in keeping with your income. You should give in keeping with your, your income. So a tithe is a good starting point, but if God has blessed you abundantly, well, then you should give more than a tenth, right? Now look at verse 21. Now the king of Sodom said to Abram, give me the persons and take the goods for yourself. King of Sodom doesn't bring any kind of refreshment, does he? There's no, no wine, no bread, no, you know, can I strengthen you after this long journey? Just give me the people. Our enemy is interested in people, right? If you have the old King James, it, said, it says the king of Sodom said, give me the souls, right? That's our enemy. Give me the people. He's interested in lives. He's interested in taking people for himself. He says here, he's making a deal and he says, you, you give me the persons and, and you can keep all the stuff. You can keep all the goods for yourself. And, and so now this, this is the temptation that comes. It's a lot of stuff. <laughs> this, this would increase Abraham's wealth significantly. And this offer reminds me of when Satan offered to give Jesus all the kingdoms of the world. If Jesus would just bow down to him. Look at Abraham's response here in verse 22. But Abram said to the king of Sodom, I have raised my hand to the Lord. I've made an oath. God most high, the possessor of heaven and earth, that I will take nothing from a thread to a sandal strap, and that I will not take anything that is yours, lest you should say, I have made Abram rich, except only what the young men have eaten and the portion of the men who went with me, Aner, uh, Eshgal, Mamre, let them take their portion. So apparently Abraham had made an oath to God before the battle. And maybe the oath went, went something like, Lord, I'm, I'm about to go fight these kings. Lord, you know I'm outnumbered. But if, if, if you give me the victory, I'll give you all the glory for the victory. 
This is the promise he made. This is the oath he made to God. And now, now the king of Sodom makes this offer and tries to get Abraham to compromise on his promise to God. He says, you can keep the goods. You can keep this, the spoils. And so now Abraham is in this situation where he's made this promise to God. He's made this oath. But now he's tempted to keep the spoils. That would add greatly to his, his wealth. And the temptation is to break his promise, to break his oath that he made to God. And Abraham, you know, Abraham could have justified keeping the stuff. We're really great at justifying ourselves, aren't we? I mean, he could have convinced himself that this is okay. Or this is an exception. I know what I said to the Lord. I know I made that promise. But, you know, this is, these are special circumstances. And, and, and God understands. God's a God of grace, right? We, we can do all of that stuff in our head and justify ourselves. But what you want to note here is that Abraham was more concerned with the glory of God and keeping his promise to God than with, with benefiting himself. You know, there are many servants of God who have weakened their own testimony by compromising. And we've just seen it in the last few weeks in the news. A very prominent Christian leader. Just weakening your testimony by, by compromising on, on the commitment and the oath and the promise that you've made to the Lord that I'm going to be your disciple and I'm going to walk in your ways. I'm going to honor you and glorify you and everything that I do. And it weakens the testimony. Abraham, what he does here is he, I mean, he just puts the king of Sodom in his place. He just shuts it down. He says, I'm not going to take anything. I'm not even going to take a thread or a shoelace. Because I don't want you to say, I'm the one who made Abraham rich. I don't want you to touch any of the glory that belongs to God and so I'm not even going to take a shoelace from you. Again, we, we can start to compromise around the edges a little bit. So, oh, come on, a shoelace? Is that really that big of a deal? I mean, certainly, I mean, nobody's going to care. Nobody's going to notice. If he, it's just a little bit. I mean, it's just a shoelace. But, but Abraham was so careful to say, you know, what? I'm not even taking a thread not, not even a shoelace. I'm not even going to compromise an inch on this. Because I don't want to taint the honor and glory of God at all. I think for us, to have the same heart, I don't want to compromise. Not even a, not even a little bit. And again, others might say, yeah, well, come on. It's, that's not that much. That's not going to matter. Just one post on your Twitter account. How much impact can that really have? Oh, you're, oh, you're being legalistic. Come on. God's gracious. But to have a personal conviction like Abraham to say, you know what? I don't want to do anything that even might be possibly, potentially misconstrued that would injure God's name. Even just a thread. I don't want to have a thread of anything questionable for God's sake. Yeah. 
We're so glad you tuned in to hear today's edition of Ring of Truth. Pastor Dan is continuing to teach through the book of Genesis, verse by verse, chapter by chapter. If you'd like to hear this message again, or to listen to additional teachings from Pastor Dan, you're welcome to visit our website at calvaryec.com. Once there, you can listen to or download a wide range of previous broadcasts. Otherwise, simply subscribe to our podcast. Our podcasts provide you with up-to-date teachings through the Bible and can be taken with you wherever you might be. This can be advantageous for those who are on the go much of the time. You'll find a link to subscribe to our podcast at our website, calvaryec.com, or just search for Ring of Truth in iTunes. We'd love to hear how Ring of Truth has had an impact on your life. So please let us know by giving us a call at 410 410- 491-4592. That number again is 410-491-4592. We'd also really like to know how we can be praying for you. So when you call, don't be afraid to share your prayer request with us. We'd be happy to pray with you and for you. Ring of Truth is a ministry of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in Columbia, Maryland. We hope you'll make sure to join us again as Pastor Dan continues teaching in this series through the book of Genesis. We look forward to the next edition of Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and am what I know because I know His voice and it only takes General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.